Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. All right. Genesis 22. God will provide. Verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father... And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Amen. Here was a man, an old man. He was over, he surpassed a hundred years at this time. And years before this happened, he, he had no son. Him and his wife Sarah were old. She was 90 years old, and Abraham was 100 years old. And God promised him that they would have a son. And Abraham believed it. And eventually, this son of promise, called Isaac, came to pass. And so he, surpassed 100, he was surpassing 100 years at this time. Isaac was probably a young, maybe a preteen, a teenager. He was a young boy. And God brings Abraham to this place in his life where the Bible says that God came to test Abraham. And he says to Abraham, take your son. He doesn't give him anything else. He just says, Abraham, I want you to take your son. And he says, your only son, the son that you love. He says, I want you to take him and I want you to go and I want you to slay him on a burnt offering before me. Talk about a test from the Lord. And the Bible says that Abraham didn't question God. 
Abraham didn't waver. He didn't wrestle it out. The next morning, he was on his way to be obedient to what God had told him to do. And they're walking up the mountain. And his son's wondering, what's going on? He's like, we have these, we have some, some of our people to help carry some things. I'm walking hand in hand. You can imagine the conversation that would go in those three days' journey between Abraham and his son. You can imagine the thoughts, the things that Abraham would be thinking as he's walking up there. He would be trembling. He'd be so fearful, but he's so faithful to God because he knew that he had to be obedient to what God has told him to do. And he knew that somehow... God would come through for him in this crazy thing that God's called him to do. And and his son says, Daddy, Daddy, I'm kind of confused. I know that we see the fire, we see the wood, we see all the supplies that we have for a burnt offering to the Lord, but where is the sacrifice? Where is the lamb? What are you going to put on the altar, Daddy? And he was oblivious. He had no idea that Abraham's full intentions was to kill his son on the altar. Abraham was fully intending on being obedient all the way through until it was done. Do you know that? And so, and he says, son, you can imagine, maybe tears started bubbling up. This is his father. This is his son. I could not imagine going through this. And Abraham knew that all he had was faith in God right now. God promised him this son. He knew that this was his promise. And and the Lord told him that his descendants would come through Isaac, his son. And that had not happened yet. So the Bible says in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, that Abraham even believed that even if he killed his son, that God could raise him from the dead because he promised to have his descendants coming from Isaac. And he says, son, all I have right now is to tell you this. My son, God will provide. God will make a way in this time of my life right now. I don't understand what God's calling me to do. I know that God told me to do this, son. I know that he's told me to go and to slay you. But all I can say right now is somehow, some way, God is going to come through for me. Amen? And it doesn't matter what you're up against. It doesn't matter what you're facing right now in life. If you know that God is with you, if you know that you're in God's will, then no matter what He says for you to do, you do it. You do it, no matter what the cost, no matter what happens in the natural, no matter how many people are angry with you, no matter what people might think about you, if God has spoken, you do it. You do it until it's done. Trusting in the Lord. Because God will make a way for you. Amen? God always provides for His people. Always. You remember Moses at the Red Sea. Moses is called to bring the Israelites out. Finally, after after ten plagues, finally God uh, commands Pharaoh, and Pharaoh lets them go. And they're on their way, and they're singing and shouting, and they're so excited to be free from the bondage of Egypt. And they come before the Red Sea. And the Bible says that God purposely led them to the Red Sea. Do you know that? God purposely did that. Read the story when you go home. He said they could have gone around. They would have had to get through some armies. But God led them by way of the Red Sea. Why? Why would God do that? Why would God put them in a situation where all they're going to have is faith? Because that's what He wants so that He gets all of the glory. Amen? Because Moses could not get any of the glory. I mean, if Moses says, okay, let's just jump in and swim, that would have been a failed mission, right? Right? But God brought them there because that's how He grows our faith. 
We go from faith to faith, but we're not going to get there unless God brings us to some difficulties where all we have is faith and where we'll see His mighty hand come through. And God said, you stand still. You see my salvation. The soldiers were coming. If God didn't come through, they were going to be destroyed. If God didn't come through, there was no other way. And you know the story. The Red Sea opened up and He got them through safely and He covered the Egyptians in the Red Sea. Amen? God made a way where there seems to be no way. You remember Daniel. There was a decree. You don't pray to God anymore. Daniel said, he's the only God I can pray to. He's the only God I know to pray to. And so Daniel went up as he did every day and he prayed out to God. And because of his disobedience to the law of the land, which was against God's word, he was faithful to God. He was thrown into the lion's den. And God met him there with an angel of the Lord. And God kept the mouth of the lion shut. And he protected him. And a miracle was done. God provided protection. He provided deliverance for the Israelites. He provided protection for Daniel inside the lion's den. You think of Joseph. Joseph had a dream. Joseph went to Egypt as a slave. And eventually Potiphar made him right hand over all of his things. A ruler in Egypt. And Potiphar's wife came to him and tried to seduce him. And you can imagine the temptation that Joseph was faced up against. Right? Don't think Joseph wasn't tempted to, be, to, to, to follow through with, with this seductive woman. Right? He was tempted, but he resisted temptation. Why? Because he was so in love with God. He was so dedicated to God. And in that moment, God provided strength to resist the temptation. There may be things in your life this morning that you're so tempted with, that there are struggles in your life. I've been there. We're all there at times. There's this one thing that is always a temptation for you, and it seems that you always fail. But if you trust in God, and if you lay it all down, and you humbly bow before God and say, Lord, I need you, God will provide strength for you to resist the devil. To resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Amen? You remember Elijah in the book of 1 Kings 17. Uh, Elijah, uh, God commanded him to go to the, to the brook. And he's, and he's like, how am I going to eat? How am I going to drink? What's going on? And God says, I'll provide food by birds. God sent ravens to take bread and meat to Elijah. He provided for his people. Amen. God always provides if his people trust in him. Always. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. There's a scripture that David says. He says, I am old. Now I'm old. But once I was not. And I've never once seen God forsaken his people. I've never once seen his people begging for bread. Amen. God is faithful. If we trust in him. Turn to. uh, Actually, never mind. Don't turn. I want you to. This is a familiar scripture that we all know. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? This is a scripture that has become so religious, everyone quotes it, everyone knows it, but if you look at what this is, this is a declaration of God's faithfulness. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Some versions say, I have need of nothing. Why? How can you say you don't need anything? Because the Lord is my shepherd. 
The Lord is leading me to green pastures where I can lie down in the nice green grass and I can find rest in Him. And I can eat of that grass in terms of a sheep. I can feed on that nice green pasture that He led me to. And then He takes me to the water, the streams, the brooks that are so crystal clean. And I can bow down my head as a sheep in His pasture. And I can drink of that clean water and be restored in my soul. That's a declaration that God is my shepherd. I have need of nothing. Amen? You think of a shepherd. Apparently, sheep are really dumb. They'll jump off cliffs one by one. They'll follow each other if they don't have someone to lead them. And God is our shepherd. And, and the shepherd, the shepherd uh, leads his flock of sheep. He's got his staff and he's leading them. And wherever the shepherd goes, he, the sheep follow them. Why? Or else what will happen? What if they, have, if they don't have a shepherd? Then the wolves come in and they've plucked them from the pack and they kill them. They destroy them. But when we, when we have God as our shepherd, we can be sure, like David proclaims here, that He's going to lead me to the green pastures. He's going to lead me to the fresh, clean waters. He is going to restore my soul. And goodness and mercy and love and provision shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. And He'll be all the glory. It'll all go to Him. Amen? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... Four year, five years ago, four and a half years ago, whatever, God called us to Aurelia. We knew that we were going. We already set in stone we were going. The house was up for sale. I gave notice at work. I gave notice to my former pastor. We were, we were coming to Aurelia. We never once were here before, but we needed some things. God told us to go. We said, we'll go, but we didn't have things yet. I needed a job. We needed a place to live. These are things that you need when you move to a place you don't know. And so we're like, okay, Lord, we'll go. And we told everyone we're going. It was done. And I remember in the Kitchener newspaper, two and a half hours south of Aurelia, in the Kitchener newspaper, God, God placed an advertisement, a big advertisement for a kitchen company looking for a finisher, which was exactly my trade. They were hiring. I called. I drove up here. And six weeks before we moved here, God provided me with work. That's God's provision, amen? I remember the plan was to my parents to buy a house with an in-law suite. So my wife and the kids could live in, in the same house as my parents, but it would be separated. And, and time was running out. And they came up on this one Saturday, a couple weeks or, or maybe a month before we moved. This is the one Saturday they needed. They needed to find a place for us to live. It had to be done because of all the terminologies and stuff. And they came up on the Saturday. We prayed. They looked at a number of houses. And they went back to the first one at the end of the day and they're like, they were discouraged, they didn't know what to do and they thought maybe the first one might work. They came and that turns out to be the home that we all live in still today. God provided everything that we needed to come. Because when God says go, when God says this is what I want you to do, when it's God's will, it's God's bill. He always, always provides. All He's looking for is obedience. That's it. Amen? He's faithful. I remember about a, maybe a year and a half ago, we were in a time, we were heading to the bank to, to put something on Visa, to go more in debt because we had to pay a bill. It was the, down to the midnight hour. We, need, we needed $100. We were short. And we were driving there and the Lord convicted me. He says, you don't go in debt. Don't go in debt. Trust me. And we were driving there and we went right past. I said, honey, we're not going. We're not doing it. And the check would bounce. It would bounce if we didn't do it then. The next morning it would bounce. Or the, it was the weekend. So the Monday morning it would bounce. And we didn't know what we'd do. But I remember specifically praying in my head as we drove past the bank to go back home. I said, Father, we need $100. 
we need it or our, it's going to bounce and we're going to have some problems. The very next day was a Sunday. And this little woman a year and a half ago came up to us, gave us an envelope. We went home. It was $100 inside of it. Why? Why? Because God said, don't put it on visa. Don't go more in debt. Don't, don't, don't. Keep driving. Trust me. I said, okay, Lord, I will. It's not easy. It's not easy, but he's faithful. And it's faith that he's looking for. Amen? I remember maybe six or eight months ago, my wife and I, and I shared this before, we were in need of $500. It keeps getting more, it keeps growing. God, we need $500 more. And you know what? We remembered what he did before. And we said, Lord, we need it. It was literally down to the last day. We needed it. I was so discouraged. I was saying, God, you got to come through. That very afternoon, we got an envelope in the mailbox from a sweet little, little woman. And it was $500. She knew nothing. She knew nothing. I'm telling you. God is faithful, amen? He is so faithful. And the thing is, he's, he's faithful. He provides all of our needs according to his riches. But at the same time, we need to be content with what we have right now. Right? God's provided for you and for me. And it's very easy to say, God, I want more. I want more. This isn't good enough. Give me something new. Give me something bigger. Give me something clean or something. Right? 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 But God's like, no, no, no. Right? Paul says in the word of God, he says, I've learned to be content in whatever state that I am in. He was in jail. He was beaten up. He was shipwrecked. He was hungry. He was full. He says, I've, I've, I've been full. I've abounded. I've been in jail, beaten up, battered, and bruised. But I've learned to be content in whatever state that God puts me in. Amen? I want you to turn to Psalm 78, please. Psalm 78. Be content in whatever state that you're in. Psalm 78. God is faithful. Psalm 78. Where we are here is this is a, a, a song of Asaph, who I believe was a worship leader or a, or a musician under David. And, uh, and Asaph writes here, he's writing about um, how, the, how God set the Israelites free and about how God delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh and how God was faithful in splitting the Red Sea and, and, and bringing them through, how God provided for the Israelites. And we look here at verse 12, Psalm 78, verse 12. He says... About, about the Israelites and about God. He says, Marvelous things God did in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt and in the field of Zoan. God divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and He made the waters stand up like a heap. In the daytime also He led them with a cloud, and at night He led, led them with fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness. He gave them drink in, the, in abundance like the depths. Verse 16, He also brought streams out of the rock, and He caused waters to run down like rivers. But they sinned even more against Him by rebelling against the Most High God in the wilderness. Verse 18, And they tested God in their heart by asking for food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, He struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. But can He give us bread also? Can He provide meat for His people? Therefore the Lord heard this and He was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust in His salvation. Look at verse 26. 
He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He also rained meat on them. Listen to this. He rained meat on them like the dust, feathered fowl like the sand of the seas. Think about that. Billions and billions and billions of birds falling from heaven. (laughs) That's amazing. Let's keep reading. Verse 28. And he let them fall in the midst of their camp, all around their dwellings. So they ate and were filled. For he gave them their own desire. They were not deprived of their craving. But while the food was still in their mouth, the wrath of God came against them and slew the strongest of them and struck down the choice men of Israel. Let me explain here. God provided a miracle for the Israelites. They went to the Red Sea. They were free. They were praising God. They saw the miraculous power and provision of God. They saw it firsthand. And then they were, running, they were running low on water. God said to Moses, you hit the rock. And water came out. God provided water to drink from a rock. God blessed them with manna. Every morning there would be manna all around. Fresh bread. They could go out and eat. God provided on their way through the wilderness. During the day, it was so hot in the desert, in the wilderness. It was so hot. God provided for them, not hats, not sun hats like you and I wear. God put a cloud in the sky to shade them on their journey. That's the provision of God. And at night, it was so cold in the desert. God provided a pillar of fire for them to stay warm on their journey. They saw first and firsthand right in front of them the very faithfulness and the powerful provision of God. They experienced it. God was absolutely faithful to them. He did not let them down. But the Bible says that they became so selfish. They became so just not satisfied with what they had already. They wanted something more. And they're like, can God give us meat? We like the bread, but we're getting kind of sick of it. We like the, the provision that you've given us, Lord. But they were, they, were, they were mocking God. They were making a joke out of it. They were murmuring. They were complaining. Can God give us meat? Why can't you be satisfied? Why can't you be content, God would say, with what I've given you already? And trust me for provision. Don't be whining. Don't be complaining about wanting something more. And it's amazing because God heard it. And the Bible says He was enraged. He was furious. I've been so faithful to you. And all you can do is complain. All you can do is want something greater. All you can do is want something more. All you can do is cry at night. Woe is me. Don't you lie down in a bed? Don't you wake up in a safe home? Don't you wake up and open the fridge and have food to eat? And you want more? This isn't good enough? And that's what he would say to them. And that makes God furious. The murmuring, the complaining. When we murmur, when we complain, I've done it many times, God becomes furious. He has been so faithful to me. Not once have my children and my family have sat before a table of nothing, of just water and bread. And even that would be great enough. Amen? We are so blessed. God's been so faithful to us. And when he sees us murmuring and complaining and wanting so much more, God understands that, but it makes him furious. He knows our human nature. He knows our desire for great things. But we must learn, learn to be content in whatever state God has allowed us to be in right now. 
It's not easy, but by the power and the grace of God, He can give us the grace and that strength to be thankful. Amen? And so the most amazing thing about this is, you think God would have said, forget you. You ain't getting no meat. What does He do? What does He do? He doesn't just say, here's a turkey. Whoever can catch it, it's yours. Right? Let's have some fun with these Israelites. <laughs> he should have done that. He eh? put like 20 turkeys down. And they gobble around. Go get them, boys. Whoever, whoever catches them, cook them up. They're yours. But no, no, no. He rained down billions of birds. Quail, I believe it was. For them to eat. Could you picture that right now? Picture a hundred quail right here before us. Whatever noise they'd make. You know, and all the dirt and stink and wow. You gotta you gotta picture that. That's what God does. And they went, oh yes, look at this. Something greater, something more. It's about time, God. It's about time you've given us some meat. And they go and they cook them up and they eat them. And wow, the meat was in their mouth. And they were laughing and joking and saying, Ha! Ah, God's a sucker. He'll give us whatever we want. Ha! Ah, we can murmur. We can complain. We can just whine and grumble all we want. And God still will give it to us. But the Bible says, while those selfish people were eating that meat, that many of them, the strongest of them, were killed. That's a powerful thing, is it not? God provided, but it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. Many, many, many times I wonder why God has brought me and my wife and my children and even our family. Why did He bring us to Aurelia? Why this? Why have we gone through all that we've gone through? Why, 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 why? I've questioned that many times. Some of you have questioned God many times. It's okay to question God. But if you, are, if you are running from God's will, if you are unsatisfied with God's will and what God has called you to do and where God has placed you, then you're walking on some dangerous ground. Right? I've determined no matter what, we've determined no matter what we endure, the one thing that I am absolutely certain of and am and, and going after is that me and my wife and my kids are in God's will. No matter what, no matter what. And that we learn to be content. And God's teaching us. God wants to teach us. Paul didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm content. Wow. He had to learn it. Amen? Amen? God is faithful. And we need to learn this lesson here. As we close, turn to Matthew 6, please. Matthew 6. Mark, you can come, please, to the guitar. Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> This is Jesus speaking. Jesus preaching a long sermon. But man, was it good. Matthew chapter 6. We'll start reading in verse 25. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ. These, these are the words that Jesus Christ right now is, right now, He's speaking these words to you and to me. I want you to, I want, as we read these scriptures here, I want you to literally envision Jesus reading these to you one-on-one. -on -one. These are promises right now for you, Christian. Right now for you. As we read verse 25, Jesus says to you and me this morning, He says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Look at them. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than the birds? Answer that right now in your spirit. Are you not more valuable to Jesus than the birds? Absolutely. Absolutely. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, Jesus says, do not worry saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What am I going to wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father knows that the things that you have need of. Jesus says, but you seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about, about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Amen? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the righteousness of Jesus and all your needs will be provided. Every one of them. Your clothes you put on your back, the food, your monthly bills, your rent, your car payments, everything that you need. If Jesus Christ is number one in your life, you are safe. You are absolutely covered. Amen? And may I be straight up and honest with you this morning as a pastor in this church that God, and listen to me carefully, listen very carefully, God has brought this church to the Red Sea. Did you hear what I just said? God has brought Aurelia Life Center right now. We are camped at the Red Sea. Right now we are. Okay? And we have, a, we have a choice to make now. Do we run and scramble and get all fearful and scared and turn to men and turn to businesses and all these other things to find a way out? Do we do that? Do we, do we start to, to swim across the Red Sea in our own strength, in our own ability? Or do we, as Aurelia Life Center, as this church called by God, brought to the Red Sea by God, do we stand here by faith, put our feet in the ground and say, Lord, we will stand still and we will declare by faith that we will see your power come through for us. That's what we're doing. That's what Pastor Mike and Julie, myself and Cindy, that's what this church is doing. Are you with us? Are you with God here? Because God led us here. It's not by mistake we're here now. Right? And the enemy would like to lie to us and say, it's by your bad choices. It's by the decisions that you as leadership have made. That's why you're here. No, that's a lie from the devil. God has brought us to the Red Sea and God is going to split the sea open and we're going to walk through to dry land, praising God. We're praising God now. And one day we are going to see the promise of God fulfilled for us. We will. I'm going to see the vision of God that he's placed in my wife and I. It's going to be fulfilled here in this place, in this building, in this city. 
My mom and dad, Pastor Mike and Julie, they're going to see the call of God, the vision of God, the plan of God fulfilled in their life. Why? Because we're standing still. We're standing our ground. And God's going to come through. He will not let us down. He will not let us down. He's been faithful all these four years. He's been faithful month by month by month. He ain't turning on us now. He's not leaving us now. Why? Because we keep going. That's why. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I want to share one more thing with you. We're going to sing this song shortly. It's a song of faith. We're going to make it a prayer tonight. But I want you to, I want you to remember the story before we sing the song of Jesus. He was preaching to the multitudes. They got hungry. He's like, we got to feed them somehow. And he says, you guys, we got to figure out something here. And he told his disciples to go and feed them. And they're like, how are we supposed to feed over 5,000 people? How are we supposed to do this? This is a miracle. Jesus, you must be joking. How are we supposed to do this? And they found this little boy. And the little boy came. Listen to this. Listen to this. The little boy came to Jesus. And he gave Jesus everything that he had. It wasn't much at all. And it certainly could not feed 5,000 people, right? It was two fish and five loaves of bread. Just a little bit of food. Just a boy's lunch. But this boy, out of obedience and love for Jesus, he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, take my lunch. I know it's not much, but you can have what I have. I don't have much to offer you, Lord. But what I do have, I give to you in faith. And Jesus took that lunch. And the Bible says that Jesus didn't just say, boom, and there was all this food. The Bible says Jesus gave thanks for the food. And after he gave thanks for the food that he had, they started to serve it. And as they served it, it fed all of the people. It was a miracle. And my point in telling you that that scripture again, that little story, is because we need to bring whatever we have before God. It may not be much at all. You may think it's so insignificant. You may think it's so little. It's not much at all. But you bring it before Jesus. You say, Jesus, I really want to give this to you. And I want you to take this and I want you to multiply it and I want you to use it and I want all the glory to be yours, Lord. And Jesus took that food and after he'd given thanks for what he had, then the miracle happened. You and I, we've got to be thankful right now for what we have. We need to be thankful right now for what we have. I need to be thankful for what I have right now. If I'm not thankful for what I have, if I don't give thanks right now for the small amount that I have, for what I see, and I have these great desires, but I don't have this great desire yet, I only have this little bit here, if I'm not thankful for it, I am not going to see the miracle. It's when you give thanks for what you have, then as you start to go out with it, then as you start to use it, then as you keep walking with what you have, with what you're thankful for, then you start walking and seeing the miracle working power of God provide for you finances, food, clothes, water, a home, everything that you have need of. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that good? We're going to sing this song. Gordon, put the words up, please. Give it a minute. The song is called, try it again. We're going to sing this song called Healer. 
Here's the words. We're going to make this our prayer today as we sing. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging seas. You walk with me through fire. You heal all my disease. I trust in you, Lord. We're going to sing this together. And we're going to make it our prayer. And we're going to say, Lord God, I know that you are all that I need. And we are going to give thanks for what he's given to us now. Let's sing this together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I said that nothing is impossible. 
Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.